Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. This week on the podcast, I have Colin Hall talking about how we all take ourselves so seriously. To me, this is part of our tendency to slide into perfection within the yoga space. And next week, I'm going to explore this in a solo episode that I'm calling The Perfect Yoga Teacher. Have you ever wanted to be them? Because I sure have. But really, let's ask these questions. Why is our language so serious? Why do we weaponize yogic philosophy against each other? Why do we feel like there is one right way to be within the yoga space? And how do we fix this attitude amongst ourselves? Colin and I have a very unserious chat about it, where we both laugh quite a lot and tackle this challenge. But before we get started, would you do me a favor and follow the podcast wherever you're listening? The algorithm likes it when it gets fed, and then it spits out rewards like showing the podcast to more yoga pros who want to gather around the water cooler with us. Also, if you want more details on the cool offerings and books that my guests are doing, make sure that you subscribe to my newsletter. The link for that is in the show notes, as per usual. And thank you to Sunlight Apothecary and Sunlight Streams for being sponsors of the podcast. Sunlight Apothecary is offering two teas for February, Tastes Like a Book Boyfriend, which tastes sweet, spicy, and like the dishes were done without asking, and the Cinnamon Roll Tea that tastes like vanilla, cinnamon, and someone wanting the very best for you. Check those both out at www.thesunlightexperience.com backslash apothecary. Now, let's dive into our own seriousness with Colin Hall. Hey, friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. Okay, so I'm just really looking forward to this conversation this week with my friend Colin Hall. Colin Hall, you are here to talk to me about how serious we are in yoga. Will you introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do? Um, Well, first off, let me say I'm also excited for the conversation. Um, and yeah, happy to be here. Um, I, so I don't, I'm not going to do the big blah, blah, blah introduction thing (laughs) where instead of you reading my bio, I read my bio. Um, so, uh, what, what I'll do instead is just tell you a quick story. Um, I, um, I got into yoga backwards. So most people that I know they take a yoga class, do some stretching, they relax a little bit. They're like, this is nice. 
Um, and then gradually they start learning a little bit more about yoga and they start studying it and kind of getting into the philosophy and into the weeds a little bit. And then just like full blown yoga nerd from there. Um, I took the direct route to yoga nerd. I started at yoga nerd. <laughs> um, so I, I was studying yoga at my local university for Oh boy. Um, about four years before I ever actually took a yoga class. Um, so I, I thought that people that like do yoga in air quotes, I thought that was like, uh, jazzercise or something. I was like, that's, that's dumb. No one does that. That's stupid. Um, it's just not real. It's just like this fake thing that people do. Um, so I, was studying yoga and like maybe potentially a little high horsing it. I might've been high horsing a little bit. Um, but then I, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time moved to a different city and I'm like a little puppy. So I was like, Oh, I'll move too. Um, so I followed her to this different city and she was like, yeah, that's great, but you need to get a job. Um, so I was like looking through the newspaper and I saw there's a yoga studio hiring and i was like well i study yoga they should hire me so i just like walked in and i was like hey i have a degree in yoga hire me <laughs> they're like have you ever done yoga no or do you want to no i hate it i think it's stupid but trust me i'm smarter than you and <laughs> you should hire me freaking weirdos hired me for some strange ass reason um oh this was like back probably in like 1999 um and part of the, like the condition of me being hired there was that they wanted me to actually take yoga classes so i started taking yoga classes and was like oh wait a minute it's not as dumb as i thought um and yeah kind of teacher training from there and then more school and more degrees in yoga uh and yeah Flash forward 20 some years and here we are hanging out on Zoom talking about yoga. I know. So I like I ask people this question all the time because I also have a very backwards way that I got into this. Like I started teaching classes before I was trained to be a yoga teacher and a friend kept asking me to teach this class at his local theater, like like musical theater to people who were there. And I was like, no. And finally, his wife flexed on me because she and I are good friends. And she's like, will you just do it for me? I'm like, yeah, I, I guess so. And I remember at the time being like, this is great. And also this job feels dumb. And how is this like a living? And yet 20 years later, because I started in 2001, not long after you did. Here yeah. we are. Like, mm -hmm. how? How? A fine question. <laughs> how and why? <laughs> yes. I know. So before I hit record, we were talking about like yoga people are really serious. And like, especially when we started and going through like the early 2000s and the teens and God, were we like so serious? And also I tell stories about us doing yoga at that time. And people now in 2023 look at me like, were you okay? Like, mm -hmm. is everybody all right over there? You, you were strapped to what? Because I was originally trained as a Nyangar teacher. So there were straps in all sorts of inappropriate places. How did we get this way? How, why are we so serious? 
Well, I mean, you don't actually expect me to answer that question. Do you? <laughs> I, Are I you not the I, professor? I yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I mean, I guess like I had, I hadn't really thought of it, but I guess I kind of do have a theory on it. Um, yes. I knew it. <laughs> my suspicion is that yoga originally is like from the east right so it's like the mystical orient um and things from the east are in like an orientalist way of thinking they are the opposite of things from the west so if things from the west are rational and logical and serious things from the east must be irrational illogical and unserious and so my feeling is the first couple generations of yoga teachers were constantly looked at as like a sideshow. It's like this yep. circus act thing that you're doing, not treated seriously. And so had to really go out of their way to be very serious and like doubling down on research that they had done, uh, doubling down on instructions that they give, like instead of like, you know, hey, try like doing that with your leg more straight. They're like, it's so important for you to lock your knee. Lock <laughs> it. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah. but I don't know, but that like that, that is, I, I would say probably a big factor in how we got this way. It's a giant overcompensation. The whole thing is like, a, it's like a Hummer. It's like a big, it's like a big truck with like dualies. We're just like trying so hard to show that we are for real somehow. I think there's something to what you're saying. Okay. Cause I've made this joke for a thousand years. I'm 45. I started a studio in 2019 until that point I was an independent contractor, yoga teacher. And I'm pretty sure only five years ago, did my mother believe I have a real job now? Like, and there's, there is something to this thought of, like, I'm always staggeringly impressed at how intelligent our community of yoga teachers are. People who are like wildly smart and super nerdy and like got into yoga partially because that fed that nerdy quality that we all have, right? Like we want to dig deep and know more. And then we have to prove that we're not using our like environmental engineering degrees and instead we're teaching people how to do, you know, informed asana in these rooms that are sometimes like a hundred degrees. Yeah. One time my dad was talking to some friends of his and they're doing the thing where they're like, you know, my son's yeah. an investment banker, my son's yeah. a dentist. And my dad, swear to God, looks these guys in the eye and goes, my son's a Buddhist. Like, I'm, I'm not a Buddhist. I'm not a Buddhist. So I'm close. Not. So close. Like, like yeah, I don't know. It must be something. I don't know. Teaching people how to stretch. I'm leaning towards Buddhist. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. your wife is a yoga therapist. Sarah's a yoga therapist, as am I. Yeah. 
And that sort of credentialing process gave a little more legitimacy to some of what we do in the yoga space. But still to this day, people will come to me and say, oh my God, my doctor told me the same thing that you told me in yoga class. And then look at me like, I'm supposed to be really excited and validated by that, but there is like a, I'm like, I, I know, where do you think he learned that from? Yoga people, like we've been doing this a long ass time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then, I mean, that just, that actually is really good evidence that, that it, it, it's, in, it's in the column of like, my theory must be correct. Yeah, <laughs> I'll support <laughs> you in that, yeah. Because- <laughs> because we're not we're not treated seriously we're not uh, we're not and like even even to this day the medical community in regina so in canada like where, where sarah works because she works in a medical clinic the people medical professionals who know her refer to her and ask her questions and treat her like a peer medical professionals who don't know her um they don't acknowledge her as being a professional, right? In, in their yes. mind, she's like, it's something else. It's like she fits in the same category as the receptionists. Yes. Until they get to know her. Uh, and then and then that changes because she has a lot of education and she's studied this stuff a lot. Uh, but it is it is very, very difficult to establish yourself as a professional when people think you're, I don't even know what they think, but like just some like barefoot green juice drinking beaded dude. You know what I mean? It's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's really hard. And that, and like, so I've had, I've had a number of people be like, um, <laughs> this dude, <laughs> and he seems like a nice guy, honestly. I, um, he's like one of these like Costa Rica bros. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. I do. He's at festivals. He's yeah. blowing fire and shit. So can I say shit? <laughs> you totally can. <laughs> okay. He's blowing fire and shit. Um, and like, you know, him and his friends are like running around without without clothes on or whatever. Um, and he like messaged me on Instagram and was like, you know, I feel so bad for you. It must be so it must be so hard to be so filled with hate. And I was like, what where did that come from like i'm always like kind of kidding i think of myself as like a, I, I joke i prank i joke around a lot uh, yeah you're funny thanks where it came <laughs> from though is like me just being critical of that look sort of costa rica bro yoga bro i i i forgot i even did it but like i made a post about like how kind of like frivolous um these sort of yoga hippies are and how it it really negatively impacts me and you and actually yes. anybody who takes themselves seriously as a yoga professional to have these people talking about like sunning their buttholes or whatever it's like uh, how how was anyone ever going to take us seriously because of course yoga bro with the top knot and shirt off is the one that everyone goes to and is like let's hear what the yoga teacher has to say so yes it so it, it is yeah 
it's it's a problem <laughs> because there's this there's this core of unseriousness that underlies yoga and has for generations we are trying so hard to overcome that but in the process we're becoming a bunch of freaking downers and no one wants yes. to be around us anymore <laughs> so quite a conundrum um please don't ask me what the solution is <laughs> I won't because I honestly think we need to talk more about the problem because a lot of us actually haven't even acknowledged that that's a problem. I'll tell you a yeah. story from my studio the other day, and I'm actually really tight about my staff. Like my staff knows very clearly that we are not your typical yoga space. Like you, I don't lose sleep about my staff showing up. They will always show up the same way I will always show up, except for this one guy. And and he took my class the other day and then left without wearing his shoes. And we're in the Midwest and it's like 30 degrees out. And he just like, whoops, forgot them and wandered out because he needed to go touch grass because he was like, I just I just need to go wander. And I was like, like the people in my studio watching me try not to like eh, twitch as he was wandering around in his 20 something self. And he's a very nice guy, but I was like, see, this is why we can't have nice things. I need you to remember your shoes. And also, like, you're here 15 minutes early. And also, you, nobody's wondering if you're high. Like, that can't be our situation here. Because I charge too much money for my people to have that experience. And also, what we do makes an impact on their lives and that sort of devalues the whole thing yeah well i mean it's it is i'll say this i i want that guy to go touch grass you know what i mean yeah yeah for, for anybody that's like for me i i want to just take off my shirt and like <laughs> throw my arms out and spiral around. You want to do ahuasca or like whatever it is that you want. I don't care. I'm. It's great. It is really honestly, genuinely, it's cool. You think that yoga and astrology belong in the same basket? Two thumbs up, put them in the basket. Yoga and tarot, yoga and palm reading, whatever you want to do, it's cool. But please keep me out of that basket. I don't want to be in that damn basket. That's not my basket. So yeah. it's, it's like this problem of like who speaks for yoga. Um, that, that I think is a, 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 a massive issue that we face is that the right now pop, pop culture yoga is not representative of the vast majority of us who are like working in yoga. It's more representative of people who are working at a resort in Costa Rica. And my sincere apologies to those of you working in resorts in Costa Rica. <laughs> I'm sure you're freaking delightful. So I didn't mean to dump that on you, Chet, Chaz, <laughs> whatever your name is. <laughs> <laughs> We're never going to make it through this podcast, Colin. 
chat you're great your outfit's cool yeah. i don't know where the rest of your pants are or your shoes but welcome we don't have the yeah, same job we don't have this so this is it and like this is a conversation that's been going around for a long time it's like yeah do you do you give up on that word yoga and like Oof. it's too far gone time to let it go um i refuse because i'm just a stubborn bastard i won't do it i'm like no <laughs> i will not give you that word <laughs> you call it something else <laughs> but it, it is it. really there is two different things that are happening right now there's no there's more than just two but there's at least two different things that are happening one of them actually is relatively serious and the recognition of its seriousness and what it accomplishes in people's lives should actually free us up to be able to relax and have more fun and giggle and laugh at ourselves more. That's what should be happening. But because we're always sort of fighting for legitimacy, it's harder to let go and clown because then people are like, ah, oh, there's the clown being a clown. Yeah. That, oh, I want to pull on this thread here a little, Colin, this idea of who does speak for yoga. Who, like, we don't have anybody but Instagram and a um, organization, say, that is real challenged to represent all of us in a way that feels professional and yoga lines. I love you. Your outfit's great today. I'm sure you're having an amazing year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just always like to say nice things to the Yoga Alliance because it's like every other episode in which I'm like, where the fuck are you guys at? Yeah. Because where, where are you at? Where, where have you been? We'd love for you to come and act like a trade organization for our trade. Um, who does speak for us? Yeah, it's, it's, it's right now, whoever speaks the loudest. Um, whoever gets, it's like, it's like, it's like politics. It's whoever, whoever's getting the biggest corporate donations. Yeah. Um, so like in many ways you can look at, and again, no hate, but you can look at like, who is it that Lululemon wants to promote and support, right? Who are those yoga teachers? Because those yoga teachers, while not much, have somewhat more of a vehicle or more of a platform to work off of. And there are exceptions to the rule for sure. There are some cool people who are Lululemon ambassadors and like good on you. Uh, but for the most part, um, not so much. Yeah. And certainly not anyone who's like, like, why would they, why, why on earth, would they support someone who's really into yoga history? I don't need pants for yoga history. Why would they support someone who's into yoga therapy? Yes. Yoga therapists do not need crop tops. So it, it makes perfect sense for them to not invest uh, in, in yoga professionals. That makes, that makes a lot of sense for them. So again, no hate, but it's like, 
this is what ends up happening is the people that are given a platform are given a platform to promote products, um, not to promote yoga. Yeah. And what becomes tricky is that if you compare what our experiences are to other professions, say like if you were to pull, you know, physical therapists, physios out in the mix, like a lot of them are doing good work and supporting people, but they have a profession already. And some of those physios are, you know, promoting their foam rollers or their, you know, body therapy balls or whatever tools that physios are wanting to use at that moment that are going to enhance quote unquote, enhance their practice, but there's already a profession there. That's not how they make their living. That's how they're buying their beach house. That's a different, a difference. We don't yet have that profession established where it's the point of entry. You know, we go in, we train, we have an entry level position. You go, you go to a studio, you're guaranteed to make X amount of dollars. Like that literally doesn't exist. No. So it's difficult this this seriousness factor like you and i've been joking here but there is a serious challenge that we have as professionals and you're right i do think we overcompensate with really like dictatorial language because nobody takes us seriously as professionals Mm -hmm. yeah no it's i mean and i i i guess i guess i should just sort of like put my hand up and claim it too is like i I am also trying to make a living out here. Uh, and Same. so, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Lululemon had this extremely embarrassing, like proposal during one of my yoga classes where they asked me to be their freaking ambassador by writing, will you be our ambassador on their bodies and doing poses while I was in a yoga class? Weird AF. Very, very weird. Um, uh, but I said yes, because I was okay. like, well, may, this is this is good. This is good for me. It's good for our business. You know, uh, maybe I can use this platform for something, something. But no, that's not that's not the way those deals work. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess the, the, if, if just trying to kind of steer the conversation back to the seriousness factor. <laughs> Um, it is, it is a, it is a, this, this nasty double-edged sword because on the one hand, it, by being serious, I think you can effectively establish yourself as a professional. And I, I feel like Sarah has done an excellent job of that. Like, I think that she, she does take what she does very seriously. It's her job. Um, and she works with anesthesiologists and and physiotherapists and exercise therapists and she's so yeah it's it's great and i I really support that and she's done it successfully but there's a price you pay for that yeah right it's like that is not it's not free uh and part part of that package is that like yoga and very ideal like um idealistic thing for me to say right now but I, you know I'm, a, I'm an idealist so whatever um yoga i think is meant to have an aspect of like joy and lightness to it it's when yes when you practice yoga you your body literally feels lighter your mind feels lighter um 
I always I have this image in my mind of these like yoga gurus who are always giggling, always kind of giggling and laughing and like finding things kind of cute and funny. And, and and I feel like that there's something real about the yoga that is like it's it's light and it's funny and it's quirky. And so in in an effort to become more real, we're actually denying ourselves a lot of that core of what makes yoga so appealing. And I, I'm sorry, I'm on a, I'm on a little bit of a roll here, but like the the pandemic kind of set yoga back a, a long, long way. It messed with yoga teachers and yoga studios in a very dramatic way. But that process, I feel like, had already begun. That like the golden era of the celebrity yogi was already over pre-pandemic. So we can blame COVID for it, but that is not, I don't think that's what happened. I think we had Rodney Yee and John Friend, and we, there was this like booming sort of celebrity yoga culture. And then what happened? Like what, what went on that made people go, because people on mass were like yoga. Hell yeah. Love that. And then it started to fall off a little bit. And I think COVID kind of put a fork in it, but something happened. And my suspicion is that there was a lack of joy. There was a lack of like lightness and joy that people came to yoga, got this little vibe of like, oh, there's something actually really uplifting and energizing and funny and awesome about this. But then more and more and more, they're bumping into yoga teachers that are like, this is so serious. Don't giggle in Shavasana. Fuck right off. Giggle. Yeah. Giggle True, away. Truly. If, if it's funny, it's funny. Giggle. Look, what? Oh, that's so, it's so bad. Yoga is so serious. We can never giggle in Shavasana. Give me a break. So I, I feel like that was a long ass tangent, but I feel like this question of like why why is yoga so serious is actually a serious question <laughs> but that was a rim shot right there <laughs> it, it, i agree with you and i think something i've referenced here on the podcast before is there was this kind of deconstruction happening within the industry before covid 2016, 2017, 2018, especially those of us who are online, we were hanging out in the same spaces. We were having these conversations about why are we all getting injured? Why is his hand exactly right there? That feels like an inappropriate touch. Like, I don't know that you can adjust someone's pelvic floor, so to speak. Um, like we were having these conversations before COVID happened. And I think partially we were meeting the culture as the culture was having these conversations. We were reflecting back what we were seeing in other spaces, culturally speaking. But I, I mean, I do remember being in those spaces in the early 2000s, you know, 20, 2005, 2010, where you, it was expected you were taking it seriously. And the people who were there were like me lived and existed in environments where perfection was expected. So when I went into a yoga space where somebody said, your leg has to be exactly at the right spot, there was not one 
iota of my brain that was like, that's messed up. I was just like, well, of course, because how I was raised was that you were perfect in order to get validation. And we just created environments that were exactly that. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, how, how much, like how long, how long would we expect that to actually last? Right. How long would we expect people to actually, here's a funny, this is a funny thing that occurred to me the other day. I'm sure you've heard the Patabi Joy's quote, um, uh, practice and all this coming. Yes. Um, yoga, yoga is great for every person. It's good for a sick person or an ulcer. It's just not good for a lazy person. Yes. Okay. So I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, why, why would, and apologies to Ashtanga yoga people, but why would Ashtanga yoga people believe that? Like what, what, what went on in their brain that they were like, yeah, no, that makes sense. That <laughs> I like that. No. Yeah. What was going on? And I actually, I think I have an answer for it because I feel like those yoga teachers, yoga classes, yoga environments where perfection is expected, um, where you basically do it the way the yoga teacher says or go home. Yep. In those environments, the people who are able to do it feel like champions which primarily I think is just about proportions. <laughs> like that's that's about yes. what it comes down to. I don't feel like there's anything else going on there. It's like, no, you just happen to have long arms and a short torso. You're not enlightened. Yes. <laughs> You're just a gymnast. So, but everybody <laughs> else, everybody else quits. Everybody else walks. And so after one year of practice, you look around and you're like, hey, it's the people who've been practicing for a year that are still here. And guess what? We can all do it. Proof, right? Everybody yeah. else who quit, they can't do it. So I feel like we we end up kind of like building these like little sort of imaginary worlds in yoga where somehow yoga just works and you're able to like do shit and like crazy postures just because you practiced and if you didn't practice that was your failing well of course people are gonna bail of course and again i'm, I'm apologizing to so many people right now <laughs> but i'm sorry pilates <laughs> teachers i'm sorry spin teachers i'm sorry bar teachers but th that's why your classes are full those people were going to yoga classes and they got pushed away by asshole yoga teachers. Now they're in spin classes doing weird shit with their arms. And again, my apologies. <laughs> it sounds like sour grapes. It's not. I'm happy. People can pump away on their bikes or whatever they want to do. It's cool. But, you know, go all the trampoline booty bar you want. It's, it's, it's awesome. Go hard. But like, that that happened for a reason uh and and my suspicion is it was us it was yoga teachers that did that and to be honest with you those teachers who are teaching that booty bar spin pilates whatever they all used to be yoga teachers too so let's just oh, say that right now sure yeah for sure <laughs> they all were one of us 
at some point. Yeah. I I remember really, really clearly. This was like uh, 2017, 2018, somewhere in there. I had a guy who did our teacher training um, and was going to spin classes at the same time. And I saw it happen. Like I, I watched him have the click where he was like, this isn't cool. The yoga thing, yeah. it's not cool. It's not cool. The spin place is cool. And it was like mid-teacher training. Just walked out. Was like, nah, changed my mind. I'm going to be a motivator instead. <laughs> and like, again, I mean... congratulations. It's a, it's a good choice that you made. It's, I'm in. But like why we we really need to ask ourselves why that happened why why is it instead of being like oh sad yoga is not as cool as it used to be why is it not as cool and i feel like at the heart of it we did it we did we we, we got to take responsibility for it we made it not fun I, so you might've caught this earlier this year I'm on my Facebook page, I asked people to respond about red flags they saw for yoga teachers and yoga spaces, right? Yeah. And it was, and I made a whole podcast out of it and it was like 158 comments, long, the red flags specifically, cause we all got a lot of shit to say, like 158 comments long, but I let everybody comment on it, students and teachers. And we are often so serious and so high-minded, like the things we talked about for our red flags, I mean, very valid, like cultural appropriation and spiritual gurus and all these other things, like people don't know mobility, et cetera, et cetera. But every student on that post, people who aren't teachers, but just students, they were just like, I just want somebody to be nice to me. It'd be great if they remembered my name. And I was like, we are assholes and we don't yeah. care that we are assholes because we're so busy being high-minded about what we think we're doing that we won't bother to learn people's names or say, hi, welcome, when you come in the door. Yeah, and I might be overly philosophizing this, but I think there's another issue that pops up in that one where um, if we if we take the yoga sutras as being like our sort of like pinnacle text. Yeah. The idea is become nothing. Yoga is not there to make you a more interesting person or a better person. Uh, it's not there to make you love more and, and have a bigger, fuller life. It's there to make you disappear. That's the goal. And yes. if that's the goal, why would I bother getting to know your name? What, yeah. what would be the point of me like actually connecting with a student? I'm trying to kind of like transcend body and mind. I'm trying to live as like infinite consciousness. I don't care that you got a haircut. <laughs> but infinite consciousness is not very friendly, Colin. Let's that just sucks. be honest. No, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> totally. It's, so, it's and it, like, when the chips are down it's stupid it really really is you're gonna die you're that thing that you are trying to get to you're gonna get trust me man you're gonna get there it's gonna <laughs> happen you're gonna disappear 
what you in a rush for you know what i mean like what come on yeah yeah it's i don't know i i feel like when i look back historically i think a lot of people clued into this a long long time ago i think a lot of people in yoga clued into the fact that yoga is not about transcendence and disappearing it's about love and i think that that is when those sort of bhakti movements in india really picked up um there's like there's just more that was when that was when tantra and hatha yoga people just got interested in their bodies and interested in each other and like all these other movements started like growing and flourishing um and for some weird ass reason here we are in north america Let's like look past all that stuff. We'll look past like a like fifteen hundred years of yoga history, and we're like, yeah, but I like that. This kind of reminds me of the Bible, so that's good. <laughs> I know. It's this true. one has rules. This has rules. It's obviously the best one. I know. It's one so more funny. yoga teacher lecturing me about the freaking eight limbs and the yamas and niyamas i'm sorry yoga teachers here i'm apologizing again but i'm sorry yoga teachers don't don't you come at me with the fucking yamas and niyamas one more time i have had it with the yamas <laughs> and niyamas done <laughs> i want them not to be weaponized i would just be satisfied yeah. to see a discussion that happens around yoga where the yamas and niyamas were not weaponized in order to win an argument. That would be actually just really a relief for me. Like oh, you can't argue because no, Re of himsa. Rebecca, you take a much better position than I. <laughs> that was like <laughs> way more reasoned and rational. Um, <laughs> I was just flying off the handle a little bit, and let's continue talking about the yamas and niyamas. But like. Let's not pretend somehow that these are like the golden key. Somehow it's like, you know, there's like, there's the bad yoga. And then there's the yoga that teaches all eight limbs fixed. No, oh my just God. no. there's much, much more to the philosophy, to the culture of yoga than one book and one set of rules. So this is where this is that reminds me of the Bible thing that I get frustrated with. It's like they, they're like this, like it's the Ten Commandments of yoga. So irritating. It is. So this is one thing that I find. So we really love moral superiority, I think, in the yoga space. We like to feel morally superior to other people and even amongst ourselves we love that positionality. And I had the opportunity to interview somebody who started an organization for Bikram hot yoga teachers after the fall of Bikram, right? So she was like, we need standardization. We need an organization among us. And she was, when she and I first started chatting, I could tell there wasn't a level of trust because people who don't teach hot yoga are such assholes to people who teach hot yoga. And I just looked at her, I was like, look, we all have the same job. And I just saw her visibly like exhale. And I realized oh, we're such gonna jerks. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like we do all have the same damn job. We have more in common with each other than we do with people who teach spin. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I would go, I would go as far actually as to say like, suppose somebody teaches yoga and they teach it exclusively 
to people who want to get hotter. That's it. That's all that they do. They're just like, my yoga is about making your ass look good. That is it. Um, as long as that person's not saying yoga is all about making your ass look good. If what they're saying is, this is what I offer. I'm all in. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a problem, right? It's shallow. <laughs> it's not a class I'm going to take. But like, really, wh why would I care? In many ways, we should probably actually be encouraging people just to kind of like, let it all hang out a bit more and be a little bit more honest about what it is that they're teaching. Yeah, totally. Like, okay, that's a really interesting distinction, Colin. Say more about that. This idea that if you were saying the yoga I'm teaching is so that you can look really amazing in a bikini on a beach every May, you know, when, when the season starts out, but they're not saying yoga is saying that the whole goal was to have a beach body you're all in yeah i mean okay i i don't want to get naked and teach yoga that's just not my jam same I'm, I'm not moralistic about it if people want to do hot naked yoga um actually that people did do hot naked yoga in our yoga studio I never went, <laughs> not my jam. Uh, but for people that want to do that, why, why would I get so righteous and so serious about what I believe is like the right way to do yoga? Why? What, what benefit would there be to me? Other yeah. than feeling, other than feeling self-righteous, that would be the only benefit. So yeah, no, be honest. Do do the do the thing that you want to do and enjoy it. Giggle when you teach. <laughs> and giggle when you teach naked with goats and puppies. <laughs> like whatever. Honestly, just it's it is fine. So this is the seriousness issue. It's like, no, we cannot have goats. Goats are the line. Can't have goats, no goats, I, no puppies. Why Can't are goats the line? Why? I just, I don't understand why. Because honestly, if somebody says in order to do a real authentic yoga class, you need to drink a craft IPA with a goat in your lap. Honestly, obviously <laughs> that's not correct. Clearly that's, that's, you're wrong, man. You're wrong. But if somebody says, I kind of like to meditate with a craft IPA and a goat in my lap, does it hurt me for them to do that? It, it does not it doesn't and the the only reason i can think of why i would say no you're a bad person you're wrong and you must stop <laughs> is if i felt like i somehow had claim on it on the practice itself yeah and you don't no, no, very clearly I do not, right? So I know what works for me. I know what I like to teach, but I don't know what you like to teach. Um, and I'm going to leave that part up to you. And as long as you're having a good time, you're having fun, and you're not claiming to represent me, I think we're good.
I think we're fine. So I know there's a number of issues, shit that I just said. <laughs> there's, a, there's a number of issues that could get unpacked. Uh, and there are, if, if people are looking for a reason to get mad at me, I have probably just given you one. And I take it. I will. I'll take, I'll take it. It's okay. It's fine. I'm so I'm going to be honest with you, Colin, I'm going to stand with you on this. I've said this before. I feel like, first of all, there's a lot of really ickiness that is underlying our issues with things like wine yoga or goat yoga, including our issues with women making an income, because I know a lot of women who feel really guilty about going to teach goat yoga or teaching yoga at a winery, but they make 300 bucks in that class and they have to do it to pay their bills. And so to that, I say, fuck right off. And I also think that goats and frankly saying namaste at the end of class cannot be the hills we die on. Is this yeah, no, because I'm, I'm willing to concede those hills. That's not the war I'm fighting. <laughs> no, there are far more spicy conflicts than that. Yes. By a long shot. So in your hot naked goat yoga craft beer class, are you establishing <laughs> consent? That one's important. Right? Yes. Because if that person is establishing consent and that person is treating the people in their class with respect, if they are honest about why they're teaching, if they're like, you know what, I know this is actually kind of silly, but I think it's kind of fun and I'm making some money. What, what the hell? Give that person a round of applause. Like that, that's great. That is, that is like excellent self-awareness. And yeah, it's, it's a bummer. It's a real bummer to me that very often it is, it is the people who are honest, who get shat upon with the most fury. Yeah. Well, it, the internet has gifted us this opportunity to really attack other people behind a screen without adding a face to it. And while I love the internet for the fact that we can organize together and we can collect, like you and I would not have known each other if it wasn't for the internet. Um, so that's great. But also there is this double-edged sword to it. And I really wish we had fewer keyboard warriors and fewer people who are using the internet to push forward moral superiority platforms, say, even in the name of self-righteousness and social justice and all of those things, like, um, I'm way less interested in your opinion on the internet than I am at whether or not you'll write a grant application to get money to actually feed the people who you, you claim to be championing championing. Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. care what you said on social media, how many ever stories long your Facebook stories are, or Instagram stories are, yeah. I don't care. So let's, let's do actionable steps. Let's you start step, step one. <laughs> Let's let's stop as a yoga community. If you're listening to this right now, let's stop posting and saying things that say yoga is blank and you add a word. Yoga is stillness. Yoga is silence. Yoga is let's just let's just lay off with that. Let's it, that 
let's consider that horse sufficiently flogged. We don't need to keep on beating it. If and I'm going to say over, it. Yoga is social justice. If I see that one more fucking time, Colin, I'm going to lose my mind. No, it isn't. Same, it, I have the same issue with that that I have like yoga is stillness. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Not always. No, actually. <laughs> like sometimes it's social justice. Sometimes it's me having a fucking nap. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's stillness. Sometimes it's me cranking up Springsteen and doing arm balances. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I don't, don't try to tell people what it is anymore. Just, just cut it out. It's a lot of things. We know that. We know it. It's a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Step let two. Me take, let me take one more. Let me take one okay. more step. And I want to give you a step. No, you, you take step. You take step two. Step two can we also eliminate yoga for can we eliminate yoga as a prescriptive model for whatever it is that you're suffering from yoga for back pain yoga for hip release yoga for trauma yoga for i mean just this is all marketing terminology like let's call this all what it is this is marketing so if you want to discuss yoga discuss yoga if you want to market yourself market yourself but you need to tell people that that's what this is yoga is social justice that's a marketing term that is an instagrammable social media thing yoga for back pain that is your marketing tell people that that's yeah. different i would that would go a long way actually just like and even just like in your own mind be clear about what's marketing and what is your actual philosophy on yoga make those two things different that yeah. would help. Okay, that would lot. be step two. Yeah. And then that would like dovetail really sweetly into step three. Nice. Which is <laughs> if somebody criticizes you, your take on yoga, your marketing, this is not a problem at all. At all. It's not an issue. It's not you. Um, it's an idea. That's what's being criticized. And so we can criticize each other. I'm allowed. I'm allowed to make fun of people. <laughs> I reserve that right. <laughs> you cannot tell me that I'm being mean when I'm being critical. I'm allowed to make fun of people and have a laugh. And people are allowed to have to make fun of me and have a laugh at my expense. I know that I'm a freaking goof. I know that I get on tangents and I say more than I should. I know those things. And if you want to have a laugh at me as a result, namaste. <laughs> <laughs> but we we are allowed that actually that's really important what you just said because oftentimes we're told that you have to keep things positive or you have to stay in a particular you know mindset or a particular set of words we can't be negative and that actually does a disservice to us as an industry because how can i tell the yoga alliance they're bullshit if i'm not allowed to say you're bullshit i'm sorry i just pick on them always but they're great no, example. It, no, but like it, it is, we we really need to befriend criticism more. We really need to do a good job. And like, it seems like you're like, okay, well, be more critical, but be less serious. 
what? Like that doesn't seem to make sense, but actually it does make perfect sense because yeah. if I don't take myself as seriously, being criticized is really not that bad. Being criticized no. is like, what? I know, I know. Yeah. Don't think I don't know what I look like. I, I know. And if you <laughs> want to make fun of how I look, I see myself all the time. You want to make fun of the things that I say? I read it too. I know how <laughs> I look. Fine. Right? So if I don't take myself so so seriously all the time, we can now relax and criticize each other in a way that's actually like productive and useful. Yes, we can even call it critique because critique yeah. can bring actionable change. How are we ever going to shift how we work if we're not offering critique? Because critique can then offer us, like we're offering here, actionable steps, things that we can do. Mm. Look at us. Oh, he's fixing shit. I know it. <laughs> Colin, tell Rebecca. everybody where to find you. Uh, I am, I'm at Bodhi Tree Yoga here in Regina, Saskatchewan. You can track me down. Um, what is my name? It's weird. Colin Yogan. It is. It's Colin. It is. Why Colin Yogan? I have no freaking clue why that happened, but it happened. And I was like, whatever, that's what's going on. Colin Yogan on Instagram. Um, I don't know, just Colin Hall. If you honestly, people want to find me, Google Colin Hall Yoga you'll find so many embarrassing photos of me that you can make fun of. I've seen them. And I will encourage it. You emailed me publicity shots at one point and I have seen them and they're amazing and delightful and you should see them. And also, by the way, Colin, did you not once do a TED Talk? They should also Google your TED Talk because it was good. I watched it. Oh, I'm a little embarrassed about the TED Talk, if we're being honest. Because in the yeah. TED Talk, I actually gave a shout out to J.P. Sears. It was before he no. went off the deep end. Yeah, I thought he was funny. So I gave him a little shout out about how like funny and smart he is. And then Okay. That's allowed though. Yeah, I know. I'll I he, mean, whatever. He was funny and smart before he, he circled he into be. that Trump arc that the yeah. US has this thing of doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thank you so much. I had a great conversation. That was really awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for this chat, Colin. Here are key takeaways. First, the first few generations of yoga teachers here in North America really had to fight for credibility within the professional space. I personally will never forget when I first started partnering with local medical professionals, there was this physical therapist in my area who was astounded at the results her clients were getting when they saw me. I made her job easier. So she said to me one day, I'm just going to go online and get grab a yoga teacher certificate so I won't need you anymore. That comment divorced me from the thousands of hours of professional training I'd had up until that point and the thousands more hours of skill set development I had had from doing the work. And honestly, I don't know how much better our credibility is as a profession today. There is this joke that the comedian Mark Maron did in a comedy special that honestly lives rent free in my brain. He chooses not to make fun of yoga teachers while, of course, making fun of us because we are too sad to be mean to. Now, if you want to hear that joke, you can, of course, link in the show notes because I'll link that right there. It's about two minutes into the clip. Next, 
Our culty adjacent and deep crunchy behavior within the industry is something that we need to address. While I am never going to tell you that sunning your perineum doesn't give you benefits, I'm not a medical professional, I'm just a woman who wants you to use some sunscreen on that area first, but that needs to exist separately from our everyday professional lives. Collins' theory that we overcompensate for those kinds of activities that exist within our spaces is spot on. And when that happens, nobody wins and none of us look good. Next, who speaks for yoga? This. This is an issue. Pop culture and social media represent us in a very different way than our normal working lives actually manifest. The loudest voices seem to be winning, of course, as usual, but I believe that we can change that if we reframe and rethink how we interact within online spaces and how we represent our profession. Next, Colin and I both agree that we weaponize the philosophical aspects of the Yoga Sutras against each other within our yoga spaces. So let's stop doing that, okay? I think that we need to unpack our own attachment to moral superiority. And for many of us, that can slide all the way back to why we started our yoga practice in the first place. While I don't think that most of us started practicing yoga because we wanted to feel superior to other people, I do think that if we're honest with ourselves, it is a little like how we feel passionate about recycling. We do it both because it's good for the planet and because we can smile just a little more smugly at great aunt Edna who uses all plastic everything at the dinner table. I know this can sound harsh, but trust me, when you take a deep wrestle with this idea of your relationship to moral superiority, it becomes so much easier to laugh at your own flaws in a loving way. Of course, we like feeling better than about ourselves in relationship to other people. Life is hard, even during the best of times. So give yourself and others grace that this internal motivation doesn't make us a bad person, just makes us human. Next. In your hot, naked, goat yoga craft beer class, are you establishing consent? That is my very favorite quote of Collins on this podcast, and that, to me, is a vitally important question. Let's focus on the importance of the last part of that statement. Are you establishing consent? More than we do on vilifying the first part of it. Getting clear about what is marketing is actually an incredibly enlightening process. Remember, if you're a business, be it a brick and mortar, an online teacher, an independent contractor, yoga teacher, everything you post online about yoga is marketing. Let me repeat that. If you present as a business of any kind online, everything you post is a form of marketing. So saying what yoga, quote unquote, is or what yoga is, quote unquote, for are marketing statements first and foremost. Consider talking about yoga online in a way that doesn't mean you need a definition or a prescription in order to sell it. We will talk more about marketing with the incredible Tristan Katz later in the season. You're going to love what they have to say. Thank you so much for listening, my friends. Next week, I am tackling a job description for the perfect yoga teacher. I already know I'm not going to get hired. <laughs> what about you? I'll see you around the water cooler then. Thank you for listening.